Hey, y'all. Welcome to the People Purpose Podcast, the show that explores all the ins and outs and challenges. Golly, Julie, I've messed that up almost every time last three weeks. Challenges, opportunities, HR, people managers, and all people face at work every day. I am one of your co-hosts, Jazz Fields, and I am with my dearest friend. <laughs> Go ahead. Devlin. Hi, Chaz. How hey, are Jules. you? Good hey, to Jules. see you. I'm good. You know what? It's like we said on the last episode, we're doing this because we're human and uh, you know, we're, we're crunched for time sometimes and I don't want to restart and we're just going to be honest with people, right? So, hey, Jules, uh, tell me something good. Um, I recently got to speak at a large sports card company's conference, Chaz, and I got to speak on diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in the sports card industry, which was a huge, huge opportunity. And it was a conversation that has not been started yet in that industry. Um, for I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before how big of a sports card collector I am, mm-hmm. but I'm a huge sports card collector. <laughs> um, so... Yes, that was pro- you have yes, a problem. I do have a problem. <laughs> yes, but there are worse things. There are worse things to uh, yeah. to be addicted to, I guess. Yeah. Um. So that was something good. It was a great opportunity. It was a fantastic time. And mm-hmm. um. Yeah. If anybody wants to talk sports cards, holler at me. <laughs> love it. I love it. I How love about it. you? Tell me something good. Yeah. So I'm actually over the flu. I've got some remnants. Uh, it's crazy. 2022. I've already had COVID and then I got the flu, but I'm mm. over it. I can't wait to have like the perfect immune system for the rest of this year. So still some lingering symptoms, but I do feel better, which is amazing. Um, you know, I, I, I can tell you this, Julie, I will never not get, I know it's a double negative. I will never not get the flu shot ever again. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually got the flu shot this year, which yeah. I good haven't choice. in a long time, good but choice. I did. <laughs> yeah. Figured, you good know, choice. maybe I should. Yeah. 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 Good choice. So, so anyway, what are we talking so, about today? Yeah. Julie? So <laughs> we're going to talk about something really fun today. Uh, fun and, and also probably a little bit harrowing for HR people. We're going to talk about dress codes at work. But Chaz, before we get into that, before we start this podcast and this mm-hmm. topic, I just want to give a special shout out to our friend and our colleague, Karina Monison, mm-hmm. um, because a, a lot of what we're going to talk about today, uh, it, it's a lot of her research has gone into the content that we're going to yeah. talk about today. So yeah. she's done a lot of research on dress codes and how the pandemic has affected our perceptions of things and whatnot, how we yeah. dress at work. And it's a really important topic. Um so I just wanted to give her a quick shout out before we uh, before we get started today. But awesome. we always we always do have to start with our favorite, uh, which is the the business side of the day. So Chad, yeah, do you have one of those for us? All right, yeah. Go. So forty two percent of managers say they sometimes forget about remote workers when assigning tasks. Yeah, and this and is a study by Sherm. Yeah, this was a recent study that just came out by Sherm. I read that Chaz, and I immediately sent you that stat because it sort of blew. Uh, my mind. Um, we, we talk a lot about managers and did we ever train managers how to manage remotely remotely or manage a hybrid workforce? And I think this stat shows that maybe we didn't do a great job at that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a real problem. So if we're talking about inclusivity and making sure that our remote and hybrid workers feel like they're part of a team, if you have managers who forget 
<laughs> almost half of the time to include people who aren't physically there when yeah. assigning tasks that just leads to a slew of problems. Well, not only that, we got to figure out, you know, we're, we're two and a half years into this and, and we know that hybrid work or remote work isn't going away anytime soon. So what are we doing to prepare, right? What are we doing to prepare to make those shifts? And so it doesn't happen again, right? It, or, or those things do get assigned in the way they are. So I do think a lot of companies, at least the ones that I've worked with, have that in place now, Jules, yeah. right? So it's, it's getting easier. I, I guess, or or maybe easier is not the term. It's it's getting done. How about that? It's getting done, and they have plans in place to make sure that people don't feel left out. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I mean, we're still talking about a problem here when it comes to assigning tasks. Because think about it, you can't have growth unless, it, it, in terms of somebody's career path, unless you assign them tasks, unless you give them something to do. So the question becomes: Is it that people are out of sight, out of mind? Mm. And that's and that's sort of what this statistic is saying. Um, mm. it, to me, it's it's troubling, but I don't know. I just I, I definitely. Well, yeah, I, I was gonna say I get I get rebuttaled to a lot of stuff yeah. like that. Like, man, like, do we need to change our management habits? Do we need to think about management in a whole new light? Anyway, we gotta. We got so much material there. We need. I know. <laughs> I know. I think we we may need to do a, a podcast episode on that stat alone. I oh think that we goodness. could easily talk about that'd it. Be so that'd be so funny. So let's let's do this, Jules. Let's go into the dress code okay. situation. The dress code situation. The dress code conundrum, which is ironically is what we're calling this episode today. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more stat heavy, and then Julie and I, who knows where it's going to go uh, when we talk about it. But Jules, I, I want to talk about this first stat. Point one: just twenty percent of employees think dress codes are useful. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> this is really interesting because we talked about this earlier. Uh, my my big piece of this when I read that is I wonder why, right? Shocker. I always ask why. I wonder why that is. I've had multiple scenarios where I walk into an office and generally speaking, I think whether you're a new hire, specifically for new hires, when you walk into an office, let's say a white collar quote unquote, finger quote, professional environment. Mm-hmm. And everyone sees that everyone is wearing a suit. Okay. Okay. It's a pretty good indicator that that's the standard, right? However, in today's society, I've also witnessed people collectively and blatantly staying away from the dress code. So it then begs the question, does the policy really mean anything to begin with? Huh. I, well, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's quite that's quite a question. I mean, does the dress code policy mean anything to begin with? I uh, think that a lot of that depends on the culture of the company, of course. Okay. I think a lot of it depends on the industry. I think a lot of it depends on the age of the company itself. So okay. what do I mean by that? I think mm-hmm. that if we're talking about a startup and a company maybe that's been around less than 10 years, you're going to see a more casual culture. If you're talking mm-hmm. about an organization or a company that's been around hundreds of years, for example, there are norms, cultural norms and business norms that have been set. Mm-hmm. And here's the issue, Chaz. Those cultural norms that have been set are all well and good, but they were set a long time ago. And my have times changed. <laughs> <laughs> Where I was going with it, Jules. Yeah. So I, I think I think people should be challenging it. 
right? Yes. Like, yes. You know yes. what I mean? Not so blatant in the sense of, of you know, uh, if, if you know that you're supposed to wear a suit or everyone else is wearing a suit and, and you do the exact opposite of that, like you, you're probably going to stick out, right? And, and it's going to provide a sense of discomfort. But what I will say is like style doesn't always apply to the dress code. So, so true, so, but I do want to say one thing. So yeah. I, a, a little, something that I just remembered when we're talking about challenging a dress code, it reminds me of when I was in high school. We, ah, yeah. we didn't, um, we had a dress code where we weren't allowed to wear hats. Right. And I remember in high school that there'd be people who would wear a hat here and there or like sneak wearing a hat or something. And they were seen as like the rebels. So, you know, it, but did anybody do anything about it? I mean, yeah, the teacher would say, take your hat off. I mean, you know, <laughs> right. but is this the same kind of thing? Like in an office, are people, are people not, are, are people just blatantly disrespecting or disregarding the dress code just because they sort of can? Right. I think that's something that is interesting to consider. Yeah. But. So going back to my comment, like style doesn't always apply to the dress code. Right. Mm-hmm. So there I've been in offices all around the world. Right. So, you know, for example, I was in California and I was, I was actually in two offices in California in the same week. Mm -hmm. And I was told, you know, Hey, like I always ask, right. Like, Hey, what's the dress code or, or, you know, I I just don't want to stick out. Right. I want people, I want people to feel comfortable, comfortable around me and vice versa. And I was told by one company, don't you dare wear a sport coat into this office, like straight <laughs> up. And I, I so respected the candor and like yeah. the honesty because I'm like, man, that's great. Like I am so like, I, I wear jackets, but I don't love wearing jackets all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, the next day it was, it's, it's strong professional business attire, which again, I always question what true professional business attire is in today's society, but it was, no, you absolutely need to be wearing a, a sport coat and and slacks or dress pants. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, awesome. I really appreciate you setting that standard. But going back to my comment about style doesn't always apply to the dress code. I think about if you are in style, finger quotes again, in style, and it doesn't necessarily abide by the dress code policy you're naturally accepted in that environment because you have the latest and greatest in what's in. Tell me, tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. (laughs) You're you're definitely not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. So what are we doing to change that or, or or counter, counter that? I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, we, we look at all these statistics and everything and, I, we're going to drop links, by the way, to these numbers uh, so you can see where our sources are from, um, just so everybody knows. But, you know, there, there's these stats out there that basically just say, you know, workers don't want to work for a company that has a stringent type of dress code. I mean, yeah. this is there's I think the stat was a third of workers said they wouldn't work for a company that required them to dress in a suit or a tie. I think there's was a that, lot. Was what? that pre-pandemic? That stat was pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic, right? yeah. Oh, wow. So think about so think about post-pandemic. That's yeah. probably even more profound in terms of those numbers. Um, you know, I think the other thing to think about here, and, and I, I sort of want to move on and just talk about the next the next point. Eighty percent of people who were surveyed for for a study said they performed better at work when they were dressed comfortably. Um, and that they hope that, that, uh, at some point 
casual dress will become more common in their workplace. Mm-hmm. So oh, I God. think, yeah, I think that's, I think that's really interesting too. Um, you know, I think that there's, uh, there's a lot of, of talk, you know, post pandemic, we're seeing a lot of, you know, I don't want to wear formal attire too. I want want to wear business casual attire. I want to wear casual attire. Right. Right. Um, I think that people are, liking obviously the feeling that they have of comfort um Mm -hmm. you know we have all those jokes where we wore a really nice shirt and then sweatpants you know right uh business on the top party on the bottom is that what they say (laughs) (laughs) something like that yeah (laughs) so (laughs) the clothing mullet yeah the clothing mullet yeah exactly exactly you know and i think it's interesting too there was a study done in 2012 um for the Journal of Experimental Social Psychology. Mm-hmm. And it was done by uh, uh, researchers, uh, Adam and Galinsky, mm-hmm. who basically introduced this term called enclothed, enclothed cognition. That's not easy to say. And what this was, it, it was a study that they did that showed that the clothes that we wear have an influence on our psychological processes. So when we think about um, they used it. They used the um, a white lab coat as the experiment, um, and people's yeah, how people feel when they're wearing a white lab coat. This, that, and the other. We don't have enough time to go into the whole study, but if you Google enclosed cognition, mm-hmm. you'll you'll read all about it, and it's really really interesting. But you know, when we talk about performance and dress, if we have workers who are going to perform better under casual and comfortable dress conditions wouldn't we want them to be that way yeah i yes short answer is yes right like at the end of the day we want people to feel themselves which we'll talk more about that in in point three what i what i find so interesting when you were talking about the enclosed cognition you know you and i were both athletes and and we talk like look good feel good play good right but look good feel good is very different in my perspective than what may be in your perspective, you know, You're I, mean? right. I didn't need, you know, I just remember a lot of the, the cool things like the armbands. I didn't need the, the armbands to, to look good, quote unquote, or to feel good to go play my best. Right. That's but what I had, you think. But, right. But I had <laughs> teammates, I had teammates that did, right. Mm-hmm. You know, you call it their swagger or whatever it is. And I think some of that, similarly applies to the workplace now, right? Like I am much more comfortable in athleisure wear, right? And getting up and and wearing a golf polo with with athleisure pants on and and doing a podcast versus, you know, walking up on stage in a a suit, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I feel the same way. And, you know, if I'm being, let's just be honest here, it's a little tougher for women, especially women Mm. like myself, who let's just, let's just be call a spade a spade. I'm a huge tomboy and I don't wear dresses or skirts or anything like that. So when somebody says business casual to me, and then they say, if I read something and it says business casual, women should wear skirts or dresses. I'm like, that's not happening. So, you know, does that make you, I mean, so generally speaking, I feel like that would make others feel excluded. hundred percent. It's, it's actually really, now that I'm thinking about it, it's really disconcerting. (laughs) Like it's, it's, it's really, it's stressful because if I read something like that, I'm like, okay, well then what should I wear? You know, like if I wear khaki pants, is that okay? If I wear like, what is the, it draws the question of what is socially acceptable. And 
the answer is really broad. Um, It has to be more broad. And we have to, Mm -hmm. I think, take a look at our dress codes and how gender plays a role. Um, And we also have to be cognizant of the inclusivity in terms of people who don't identify as a binary gender and, you know, male or female. Sure. So, I mean, I know that's, again, another conversation, a conversation probably for another time. Yeah. Well, we think about it too. We we obviously fully understand that if you are working in a manufacturing environment or a construction environment or an environment that you have to provide safety equipment, you know, closed toed shoes, you know, all of those things, we, we fully understand and support and respect those policies. I think the big thing, Julie, is that if our policy was written 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, mm-hmm. we should probably take a look at it and say, man, our world is very, very different from five years ago. Yes. Right? It, it really, really is. Our clothing always has evolved, right? It's so funny. I see some of the style that comes out today are stuff that we've seen in, ni- in the 80s and 90s. You know, yeah, it's just, it, yeah. just it, it repeats itself, but it, oh, it sure does. You yeah. know, it, it, right. It repeats mm-hmm. itself, but as, as, style changes, I think our dress code policy should probably change too over the course of time as well. Yeah, it's it's and it should at least be looked at. Um yeah. I think that's you know, just like we look at every other policy, hopefully, mm-hmm. on a regular basis to ensure that it's meeting the standards of mm-hmm. today's world of work. I think that the dress code policy for sure, if you have one, which yeah. apparently eighty percent of companies do, um, <laughs> you know, I think the yeah. dress code policy needs to be needs to be reviewed for sure. So. Yeah. So let's let's go to point three. And and this is really where we kind of tie it all together, right? 78% of respondents will make an effort to dress well, even mm-hmm. without a dress code. And many say they'd probably invest more in their clothes and image if they had more choice in what to wear. Now, Julie, we've talked a lot about this. There has to be a level of trust. I'll let you talk about that in just a second. But one of the things that I really appreciate about this is people over the last two years, and you've said it and I've said it, really there's an authenticity that we're bringing to work more and more every day. We're becoming a more self-aware society. We aren't afraid to talk about our feelings as much. Now, don't get me wrong. There are still people that don't do that as openly, and that's completely okay. But if we are wanting to do our best at work and be our authentic selves, sometimes expression and dress we have to trust our employees that they know what they they should or should not wear to work. But tie, tie that back to the trust study, Jules. Yeah. So the Workforce Institute at UKG um, did a study on trust. We've referenced it before. We, mm-hmm. I believe we've talked the podcast on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, it, it really boils down to this being a great example of trusting your people. Um, you know, in terms of their dress. So let's say you don't have a stringent dress code policy. Mm -hmm. Can you, you know, why can you trust your people to show up appropriately? Whatever that means. That's the other thing, Chaz is so hard. What's appropriate. I mean, it's very, it's really hard to, it's really hard to, to delineate all of this stuff. Um, and I think this is part of our struggle as HR professionals. How do we craft a policy? What do we write? Um, and you know, I, I think that again, that, that varies based upon many, many factors, but, Mm -hmm. um, the trust thing, you you know, if we hire someone to do a job, are we only going to trust certain parts of them or are we going to trust all of them? It's right. Yeah. No, it's, it's really hard because when, 
when these trends converge, right? Mm-hmm. So when we look at style, we look at COVID impacting the business. We look at remote work versus hybrid. All of that has and does contribute to, you know what? I know what the policy says. I'm probably going to challenge it. I'm going to walk into the office today and be a little bit more casual than what the policy says. Maybe it's time to consider just a guideline, right? Yeah. Just just a guideline to say within these, you can dress freely within these guidelines. We want you to be comfortable, but we also, as a company and a culture, this is the approach that we're taking. And if you have any questions, please come see us at, you know, here in HR or whoever's handling that. I think that's a critical piece, right? Another piece of that, I know you want to say something. Hold no, on. you're good. I, um, another piece of this too is dress really does drive a sense of inclusivity and belonging, mm-hmm. right? I, there's no question in my mind. So if, if companies are, are taking a look at this and they're backing, you know, the inclusiveness and belonging piece, let's make sure that we're doing that within a dress code that makes people feel as though they're comfortable. And as we know, Julie, the more comfortable people feel based on the stat you shared earlier, the better off and more productive those individuals will be. Go ahead. Yeah. For myself, um, I feel that too. You know, when I, uh, you know, you all know who was listening, hopefully, you know, we, Chaz and I speak on stages uh, a lot. Right. (laughs) Um, And when I first started doing that, I really felt like I needed to be dressed to the nines. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like I needed to really, you know, be fancy if you will. Right. Um, I, I stopped doing that. I right. obviously I still dress what I hope is nice, but you I appropriate, right? Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I started, I started wearing, I started wearing sneakers and I know you have too, you know, yeah. and, um, it's just, yeah. it's really, it's, it, I feel better up there when I'm, yeah. when I'm on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel more authentic. I sure. feel, and I get better, um, I get better responses from, from the audience when they see me being my authentic self. Yeah. There's a sense of realness, right? There's a sense of connectivity um, and, and, and you're breaking the standard to, to some degree or whatever that standard is. And Mm -hmm. I think I just remember one time, this was years ago, I walked into a meeting, I read the policy, I'm fresh out of college, working a job and you know, in college, in the business, in the school of business, as like most it's, you wear a suit, you wear a tie on presentation days, you know, you wear dress shoes, which by the way, whoever said dress shoes are comfortable, that is, <laughs> that is a false statement. There are more comfortable dress shoes and less comfortable dress shoes, but there are not a comfortable dress shoe, right? Mm-hmm. Like some of us say, Oh, well I have these and they have these cushioned soles or whatever. Those aren't your, your dress shoe, right? Yeah. Your traditional dress shoe. Those are just a, an in style, you know, anyways, I digress, but I remember going to this big meeting and I knew the policy and it was, it's business professional at meetings, right? Guess who the only individual in the room was in a suit. I'm going to guess that was you. This yeah, guy. yeah, this guy. Yeah, because that, that's how I was trained. That's what the policy said. And I walk in, and everybody's in jeans and golf polos. Yeah, boy, did I feel stupid, right? Yeah. And 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 as much as I dressed well per se, like to to the society standard and to the policy that was in place, I walked in, and I was I felt like I felt odd. 
You know what I mean? Like, are people judging me? Are people wondering like, you know, oh, look at this dumb young college kid. He doesn't know what this place is. It also begs the question, did somebody explain what the work and company culture is like at these meetings? Going back to some of the things that we've talked about before, right? So as someone who has fallen victim to the dress code policy that was not enforced, Mm-hmm. We really do have to take a step back and think about our people and how this makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, just sort of the same way you felt is how I feel when they say to wear a skirt. Right. And right. When, when I'm walking, when I walk into the room, they're like, oh, she's not wearing a skirt. Why is she wearing a skirt? Well, it's not who I am, you know? Right. So right. anyway, I don't know. But I think it also begs another question, Chaz. And mm-hmm. I know we're getting a little long here, but um, is this the sword we want to fall on? So what do I mean by that? You know, it's really difficult to, uh, to recruit right now. Um, Are we going to discipline someone because of the way that they dress? Are we going to fire someone because they're not quote unquote following the dress code policy? I mean, is this what we want to be? And the labor market right now is so stinking tight that it's, it's, it's hard to to say this. So um, no, Julie, that's a, that's a really, really great point. I think it's a great time to just say, Hey, Jules, what, what did you find your purpose in today? Yeah. Uh, what did I find my purpose in? That dressing as your authentic self within socially, socially acceptable guidelines is the way to go uh, when it comes to work. Yeah. I would say I found my purpose today in constantly reviewing those policies, especially something like this, that you can go out and search uh, dress code on a LinkedIn or Google the hashtag and notice that Julie and I aren't the ones just talking about this. So maybe it's time to challenge yourself, um, even in the comfort zone that you may live in, challenge yourself and the policy to to make sure that we're making people feel like they're included and most importantly, like they belong at your organization. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I just think that making sure that we're being inclusive and making sure that we have this sense of belonging is paramount, especially in today's uh, work culture. So Chaz... I'm going to close it out here. Um, A few reminders before we leave. Don't forget to like and subscribe and use the hashtag PeoplePurposePod on social media sites like Twitter and LinkedIn. Also, be sure to check out the latest blogs and research from the Workforce Institute at UKG by visiting WorkforceInstitute.org. This was a fun discussion. Until next time, Jules. Cheers, y'all. Bye.